Right. Welcome to another special edition of the Pro Football Doc Podcast. This is our Mother's Day edition and a special appearance here by my wife, Kim Chow, and mom to Hi. Davis, Dylan, and Devin, and to Cosmo, who uh, were in the home studio. So Cosmo has a uh, visit here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see how long Kim has here, but we'll do the first segment as a guest segment, and then we'll do the uh, rundown and cover a lot of different things from uh, judging the draft to LeBron James to uh, uh, draft situations and, and uh, so forth. But uh, we're doing this uh, special Mother's Day edition before Mother's Day as a reminder to all followers and to myself that, you know, Mother's Day is coming on Sunday. Usually the podcast gets released on Mondays. And so we're six days before Mother's Day. So fair warning to everybody out there, and Mother's Day. And you realize that the mall has modified hours. Oh, yeah. Modified hours at the mall, public service. Yeah, so they close earlier so, and don't wait until the last minute where you're rushing into some janky store that I don't want anything from. <laughs> and well, then I have to act like I like it because you're like, oh, the kids gave it to you. I don't want I don't want it. <laughs> don't well, waste your time. Well, I think I'm set because you always like coming on the podcast here. We're making an annual Mother's Day event. So happy Mother's Day. The floor is yours. This is not my Mother's Day yet. <laughs> Why not? It's, it's, some, here, it's something you want to do. It's something that you I like. It's something I was asked to do. It's, I didn't, it's I didn't time, say that I... time during the day here, quality time during the day oh, here. That's unusual. That part's true. Yeah. So happy Mother's Day. We're good, right? Yeah. Um, well, if you didn't get this fabulous Mother's Day gift, what other Mother's Day gift would you suggest for everyone out there or yourself for next year? Oh, well, I think most moms just want a little day off, like a break, you know, they want the dad to put the dishes in the dishwasher and manage the kids, you know, if there's any fighting between the kids, like, you know, refereeing the fighting and without being asked, I mean, just normal things just felt special. Brunch is nice. Yeah. Homemade cards are always fabulous. Yeah, we, we have a dishwasher. Exactly. My, my <laughs> point exactly. <laughs> I can show you where that is. Well, uh, Last year, the podcast episode was fairly popular. People were, and you liked it. Uh -huh. So, um, seems like a long time ago that we did that. Seems like 10 minutes. Yeah, like underwater. 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 <laughs> yes. Seems like, yeah. Um, so, uh, I can go into other things, but the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? Oh, I'm open. You ask me. Um, I'm the guest. You're the guest? Yeah. Well, uh, saying, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? What do you want to push? What do you want to do? I don't, I don't have to say it, Mitchell. I feel like football season felt like kind of a blur with kids and, you know, pandemic management of things felt a little bit blur. So I'm not sure I caught any football games or any of your stuff. <laughs> hate to say it, but I mean, you know, take a, a gander at Twitter once in a while. And but but you're the pro football doc inspiration. Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. You remind everyone of how that started or would you like well, me to? Uh, let's hear your version. Well, I think it started the first year you stopped working with the Chargers and we were sitting with our kids on couch watching football for the first time ever together. It was almost the last time too, because this, this thing happened pretty quickly and you were 
um, commenting on multiple injuries and, and a lot of announcers suggested what the injury was and you're like, no, that's wrong. It's going to be this. No, that's wrong. It's going to be this. And at some point I got sick of hearing it. And I said, you need to tell it to someone who cares, not me. <laughs> and I suggested you get on Twitter and start ranting and raving about the injuries. And that kind of organically started. And here now, we are. Now, why is it that I tell a very similar story? Mm-hmm. And I literally say, you give me credit. You turn to me saying, tell it to someone who cares. But when I tell the same story, you kind of get mad at me. But you're telling the same story. I mean, that's like how, I mean, no. I was that's how it always happened but I mean it wasn't like just really I was like hun what you should do you always you play me out to be like this snarky like wife that's like always like and I'm not you just like you you like to tell that story and more was like why don't you do you know yeah what your, your quote was tell it to someone who cares yeah and I didn't say you say it so well and then me, we but... like then created that like I created your Twitter account for you on your phone you didn't know how to do it and that old picture which was like a yellow background with the stethoscope over the football I mean I just randomly found that on well, you the internet me, and what, I don't like I mean I don't I mean, you, well, I there wasn't any copyright infringements or anything because I don't know we didn't know what you're doing and we we're just like two well, people first on. of all you you wanted like here let me take your picture I'm like no I don't want my picture on the on the avatar yeah so what do you want I said well it's football and medicine so a football and a stethoscope and of course as an orthopedist I basically don't use a stethoscope no, um and if you go back to the old days on that Twitter avatar that was selected out of mm-hmm. what you found out the internet, the stethoscope was broken. One half of the bell wasn't even screwed on. Oh, on the picture? On the picture. But I don't even whatever. Know, yeah. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine. So now we moved on. She's the inspiration here. So I want to talk a little bit here. I've got a question for you. Oh. Okay. So this is a question that I've been asked and whatever. Yeah. Our son Davis is now oh, eight. Uh-huh. Dylan twin is eight as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the little one just turned four. Mm-hmm. Davis is doing a lot of sports now, kind of making up for lost time with the pandemic stuff. Yeah. So one- also just like he when he was when he was younger, when he was five and six, he just wasn't didn't seem that interested in sports. And we kind of were like, okay, we're kind of gonna let him drive this. So I guess a little um advice and parent and other people gave me that advice if you think your five or six year old isn't so into sports like other kids don't give up on it yet because now we're to the point where the kid's asking to play catch and go watch every sport and do a ton of sports all the time so and anyways that was he we were slower um moving with that and now I mean he, you know now he's interested in everything so you know just whatever throw that out there. I think sometimes, you know, you're like, oh boy, I'm going to have a kid that's not into sports. The verdict doesn't need to be out at five years old or six years old, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you really get down to it, oops, this is him now. He's so into sports and football that he was excited in his Patrick Mahomes gear watching the draft. Oh yeah. uh, All night. So he's very into it at this point point in time but here's my question to you mm-hmm. a couple years ago you made a definitive statement to me mm-hmm. davis is not going to play football and i've asked been asked a lot Did different and said would you let your son play football yeah. and my answer was a couple years ago uh i don't have to answer that question right now yeah. i would tell him and then tell what i tell other families look if he likes 
another sport as much as he likes football, uh, not just for head injury, but for ACLs and other injuries, I probably would steer him away from tackle football. Uh-huh. Uh, my, that was my answer a couple of years ago. My mind has changed a little bit. Yeah. And so for you, he loves flag football. He's playing flag football mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And uh, he, during the pandemic, there was a little pod that practiced together. Um, and we're third and fourth graders mostly. He's a second grader. Yeah. Nice and, dads holding it together. Yeah. And, and it was great because he got to be the quote backup quarterback. Sure. And of course, the starting quarterback is the coach's son. He's a good athlete. And he's a good well athlete. Deserving. And Davis loved practices because guess what? He got a lot of time at quarterback because when they were working on the defense, he got to play quarterback. He didn't realize he was scout team quarterback. (laughs) He thought I get a lot of playing time at quarterback. Now that the leagues are starting and, you know, we probably should have put him in a first and second grade league. They're playing in the Drew Brees FNA thing out here. Yeah. And uh, so he's against third and fourth graders. And actually this past weekend, on Friday, yeah. we played Drew's second son, who's in fourth grade, yeah. a very well-coached team. Yeah. Drew's there, and uh, we got slaughtered. Well, yeah, and I mean, but, you know, we had, um, and then when Davis is in the game, I mean, he, I think he came up to maybe the nipples on a lot of those boys, and he can't <laughs> change the fact that he's 60 pounds. And Well, he's, he's in a, second grade, he's a, I mean, and, and, and Drew's team was better, I mean, yeah. the whole well-coached it. But I did get a uh, dirty look from Drew. Oh, because was... you were stealing the... No, 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 guys. Okay. It's... Stealing signs. Stealing signs? No. He if was... he's flashing signs, that's stealing signs. You were Bill Belichicking the game a little bit. Just no. They were clearly running a zone all day. And then it was, we gained some yardage and we're close to a first down. And I'm standing on the sidelines. I've been talking to Drew. And Drew says to his coach, hey, coach, should we go Tigers here? Basically switching to a man. I mean... Then they start yelling out, Tigers, Tigers, Tigers. They only play two types of defense, a basic zone and a man-to-man. Everyone gets up on the line of scrimmage and points to who they're covering. And as our coach was in the huddle, they were, you know, Breeze and his coach were yelling Tigers, Tigers to the kid. I yelled to our coach, man defense, man defense. Uh And Drew looked at me like, you're stealing signs? And he was laughing too. But I was like, but... Look, we didn't change our play call. <laughs> they're, they're third graders, you know, whatever. And yeah, uh, yeah. anyways, he's loving football, maybe because he sees dad do football. Totally. And Why, but yeah. Would you let him play tackle football? So here's the, um, okay. Yes. Ooh. If he really, really wanted to. And here's why I was saying yes. I, I mean, like we both you and I both played college sports. Like we were okay. Like you were better than me. We're okay. And like, we're, our kids are athletic and they're, they're okay, but they're no, they're no superstars. Like no one's getting, no one's getting a D one scholarship out of our house. Like it's just not happening no matter what. And so I think that, I don't know, maybe, be, maybe because I don't think, I mean, there's not a chance he'd play any type of college football, not a chance he'd play any football like that. So, I mean, what's the harm in a little bit? of high school football. Also, I mean, unless something major changes, our kids are not like those animal kids that are, have no fear. He, they're very cautious. And so, I mean, Davis ain't diving his head across the line and banging it up. Like he just is not that kid. Like, you know, he might, I mean, like literally, I mean, he's, if he plays um, 
high school football, he'll probably be a quarterback or like a backup quarterback. You know what I mean? He's like I think he that loves, kind of kid. I think he he's loves smart. He loves the plays, but he loves the like, plays. He loves to be part of the team. He is not taking gonna, anyone out. <laughs> he's gonna love the uniform. Yeah. He's gonna love to run through the tunnel on Friday night. Yeah. He's gonna love to hang out with friends. Yeah. He's not gonna love the contact. No, I bet at I least mean, right now. But he's eight. he's eight, whatever. I mean, he's there's I want to try lots a lot of other sports. There's lots of other sports. Water polo is great, and there's a lot of other things that so I mean, whatever. But I think if he really wanted to, I think you know, like the more um advanced we get in our parenting, you realize that like you've you gotta let them drive what they want to do. Otherwise, it's not successful, it's not fun. And so they choose to do something. My big thing is you need to put in the work and, you know, I don't want, when we do, we do a lot of activities, but there's no complaining about any activity. So usually in the podcast, we talk about some good things, but today we broke some news. Hmm. Mrs. Pro Football Doc will oh. let his, let her son Probably. play high school football. If it's even That's a, different. We've never had that conversation. Well, if it's even around then. <laughs> if it's even around, it'll be around. Um, but the one thing that I've changed over the years since I have the kids, what I see around here in San Diego, La Jolla, whatever is kids, like kids sports are, are where it's at, right? I mean, like, uh, if you look at, uh, I'm on this sports commission thing in San Diego and so forth, a lot of the sports travel industry is huge, yeah. the complex in Orlando, whether it's for cheerleading or travel baseball or travel volleyball yeah. or soccer clubs and whatever. Parents are putting in a lot of time in kids and it's good for them. But my worry is like, like nowadays, it's very hard to make a high school team yeah. like freshman year and I want to play and let's try and play the sport. It doesn't work that way. You have to have been playing it in the clubs be it soccer or volleyball yes. or baseball or basketball. And the only sports that you could, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that you could just walk on and make the team are cross country and track and field, Maybe. but they're not truly, you know, team sports in the traditional yeah. sense. You can't make the swim team say, here, I'm here the first time yeah. I'm swimming or water polo. I mean, you know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to try and, and yeah. try and play lacrosse you can't even I mean you have to have done something yeah. although it's not as hard as like some sports but football is actually um, a sport right. that currently doesn't really cut anybody because they need players they need players now you may not see playing time mm -hmm. but pretty much at the high school level if you sign up to play football mm -hmm. you make the team which is probably the only main team sport that has that right now and rugby yeah, is growing a little bit here just, that's just kind of how we feel we feel them I mean, we don't have a high schooler right now and well that's what i see yeah. and so that's an advantage of i mean look i think team sports is great for high schoolers yeah. look i want my son and daughter to feel a part of something um when they're seniors and mm -hmm. have memories to celebrate they don't need to score the winning touchdown or oh, win, yeah. win the cheer trophy or yeah. soccer trophy, whatever they're doing. Yeah. I just want them to feel part of something. And so I don't know. So that's a big change. You'll let them play football. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll see. I don't, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I would, I, I would, if he was really into it. I, maybe we I should, don't. maybe we should talk more often. I didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> just joke. Can I, as a, as the show's producer, can I jump in and ask if, what if he shows a disposition towards wanting to be on the team training staff and uh, take immediately after dad and be uh, the athletic trainer in training in high school? No. No. <laughs> well, I just, uh, no, that's okay. Well, if, 
if, if he wants to be the team trainer or be a manager or something, oh, yeah, that's, that's his way thing. to yeah. be part of the team. I'd I wasn't be, down be, on that. I was more down on the idea of him being like a doctor or something. Well, I guess. But, but I will say, and, and I'll say this to all athletic trainers out there, especially in California, athletic training is not a great career. It may be very satisfying and I'm very supportive of athletic trainers. But nowadays you have to you have to get a well. basically a master's. It's a lot of hours and a lot of time. And there are no real jobs out here because in California there's no real certification. So mm. you're no different as an ATC than anybody else. I mean, one of the stories I always told, and we looked at legislation in California, James Collins, who was a longtime head athletic trainer with the San Diego Chargers that I worked with. He could treat LT and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers because it was a private situation. Mm -hmm. But if he worked in a therapy clinic, he'd have to have a physical therapist over the top of him. And even a PTA, although it's less time to get a PTA, mm -hmm. they get certification. And so in California, it's a long and tough road. And I don't think it's necessarily fair for athletic trainers. And that's why we do the foundation stuff, yeah. San Diego Sports Medicine. We try and help athletic trainers. But it is, Christian is a producer. It is a tough road to hoe uh, as an athletic trainer. Yeah. But the good news is it can give you lots of job satisfaction. And it, it can be very rewarding. And I think that's upsides. But yeah. in terms of a real career, I mean, all the athletic trainers that are out here, most of them are teachers and then do athletic training yeah. on the side. That's their way to be able to make a living. You can't make a living on a, you know, couple thousand dollar stipend to cover the football season. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So yes, he can go have fun at it, but I don't know that I want that as the ultimate career for him because it's a long road to hold. Oh, I'd actually be more anti-athletic trainer for a career based in California, based on the current circumstances than I would about him playing football. Because I, mean, <laughs> I think you, it'll be self-selecting. If he doesn't like the contact, he won't go into contact and mm -hmm. he'll be okay. Now, a podcast producer is a whole different story, Christian. Yeah. Anyways, Deal. with that, let's take a break. Profootball.podcast will come back for part two and we'll do the regular rundown. And uh, part of this is I'm curious because I, I just realized that... Uh, my wife doesn't even listen or watch any of the podcasts, really. I, 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 I don't know where, and maybe this is this last thing for your mother to think, I don't know where you think, what do you think I'm doing all day? I mean, it's a lot to manage three children, and I, I have a job, too. I also work. Well, my point being, I got a few glares, and we're a little later recording today. Sorry, Christian, because my wife said, wait, there's a camera and there's video. I'm like, yeah, we've been doing well, this just, this way for the last I year. I got home from yoga and I was like sweaty <laughs> as head to toe, red face. And you're like, yeah, shop on the camera. So what do you do now? Welcome to my world. Anyways, we'll argue it out or discuss it out at the break. Uh, quick break from the Pro Football Doc podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Pro Football Doc podcast. There's my son. Isn't every kid loving Patrick Mahomes? And this is him getting ready for the draft. And uh, this is him excited about the draft. And uh, he uh, stayed up to the end of the draft. And there was a bad dad moment in the draft. And this all ties in to the podcast here. This year, there actually was a big lack of information. 
because there was no combines and, and all the different things. And uh, guys were talking about it all the time here. I mean, teams struggling to get accurate medical information because of uh, the modified combines. We wrote about it at OutKick, how it was different. And even, even at Rapport was saying on as late as Thursday afternoon before the draft, information was still coming in on some players and including uh, Michigan's uh, Quiddy Pay, who had some uh, heart issues, that, you know, and, uh, you, you know, uh, Maurice Hurst from Michigan had some heart issues too. And I it worked out. Got drafted. Yeah. And cool story. Cool story. But there was clearly some consternation about his uh, heart issue. And so the little lack of information, how that ties in is that I was bad dad. I, I did have a dinner meeting and he was watching at home and it's draft supposed to end at 830. Of course it runs long. He's supposed to go to bed at 830. I'll let him stay up to 915. When do the chiefs draft? When do the chiefs draft? They draft 31st. So they start getting there, getting there. And all of a sudden we're at 31. I'm like, why are the Ravens on the clock? Oops. The Chiefs traded their first oh, pick right. for the left tackle. Did and then tell them that then. Well, I was like, he's like yeah. That, so that was a bad dad moment. He was all excited about watching the Chiefs draft. And in the end, there was no Chief draft pick. On what did Thursday. he say? He was fine with it. As some a Twitter follower suggested that uh, maybe he knew all along and he was just working it as a way to stay up later. Oh. That's a possibility. He wasn't that upset about it. He, he's happy to have an excuse to stay up late yeah so with the lack of of uh draft information look uh we did all right on the uh on the uh draft information here in terms of some of the things that that happened um let's see caleb uh my son there uh, uh well let's talk a little bit about draft information and we'll talk about draft rooms. I thought this was a pretty cool little video if you haven't seen it. But it made me feel old. In the Baltimore Ravens draft room. It's gonna be a different year this year. We're gonna have- If you look at the very impressive video boards and everything that they have, I mean, this used to be magnets everywhere. Uh, instead of, this is what it used to be, either, either writing on a whiteboard or magnets. be on draft day. And now everything is completely electronic and, uh, and so forth. And so uh, brought back some uh, memories to me. I mean, literally it used to be, there'd be two main draft boards and everyone would have a magnet and you know the magnet order would be changed. The main board would be best available. The board over here would be best available by position. And then you take the, when a kid was drafted, you take them off of this magnet and you put them on the third board, the order of the draft. And then you take the second magnet from the, you know, best linebacker, best whatever, best quarterback. And then, you know, best quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Then you put them with Jacksonville Jaguars. So then you could see the order of the draft and the teams, what they already have. And that's how it was done, but now it's all video boards and so forth. So it makes me feel old that that way. You are a little older side. <laughs> Good thing they couldn't hear you there. Um, but the draft always reminds me of Thanksgiving. You know why? Yes, I do. You do? Okay, why? Because you always sit at the kids' table. <laughs> We've been together a long time. I've heard your, your material, love bug. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard the material. 
but you actually listened to it. I'm impressed. Yeah. Now, for all the years during the draft, there was a main table, about 10 people, head coach, GM, assistant GM, owner, et cetera, et cetera, a couple of operations guys. The scouts sat in the other room and the coaches, the coordinators, everyone else sat in their own offices. The head athletic trainer and I were at the Thanksgiving kids table in the corner, a little round table in the corner. We weren't at the main table, but we were in the room. Uh, listening to the adults with their discussions and uh, and so forth. Talk only if you're talked to. Oh, to. oh, completely. Yeah. And like the a, kids' table. Like the kids. Well, not our house. Not, yeah. Come but here's the other thing, Kim. I never dared walk up to the best available board or the best available by position board because if you did that, you would kind of know proprietary information from the GM in the club. Mm -hmm. So I stayed away because I never wanted to be accused of leaking information, whatever. I would go up and look at the draft board where the order of people picked. I would go up and see what teams picked where and who they had because that was a chance to just stay informed. And heck, you could get that off ESPN and what have you. Mm -hmm. But I didn't ever dare go to our draft board because that would give you hints as to how we value people. And yes, stay away from trouble. <laughs> very secretive, very secretive process there. Um, so I get a kick out of how everyone tries to claim it. Look, I don't know the uh, the details of, of what's happening, but we did you know, say Caleb Farley that he indeed that the Titans do have a history of drafting for talent despite injury. And despite my saying Caleb Farley had issues, um, they drafted Jeffrey Simmons coming off an ACL and he's done fine. So I'm not saying the Titans were bad dra drafted poorly, but it's interesting. He came at num number 22 and on the betting sites, the over under was 22 and a half. So they kind of had it pegged right. And I said, look, he's got issues with his back and, and the second surgery, a third ultimately is coming, some toe weakness. But, you know, the Titans got to look at him and decided he was okay. And that's not a bad thing. But I get a kick out of this, you know, and Jason Lockham forward talks about it. You know, every team walks out of the draft and they decide that they're thrilled, right? Oh, we're really happy with what happened. No team comes out of there and says, there's a problem and we didn't, the draft didn't go that we, the way we wanted it to. And that's what Jason Lockham Ford talks about here a little bit. But here's what I always say. You're a nurse, obviously. It's like a doctor coming out into the recovery room and telling the family or the patient, everything went perfect, you'll be fine. Everything went great. From an ACL, technically, maybe it's fine, but you're not you don't really know until the rehab is done and they're back on the field. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the draft. You've got to look two, three, four years down the road in terms of deciding what a success is. And uh, so everyone declares victory. You're doing well. The Raiders got panned for a bad draft. The Jets got hailed for a good draft. But you really don't know until a few years down the road. And same thing. Oh, you finished the surgery and everything went great. Surgery went great. But the proof is in the pudding when you get back onto the field. So I would say you want to be a little careful with that before we judge that uh, too much. All right, next topic that we want to touch on here, and I'm not trying to make a big deal about it, but I just thought it was interesting in terms of 
what people focus on or don't focus on. Uh, this story made very little news. Uh, the Panthers are going to turf in Charlotte. They're an outdoor stadium and they're going to turf. And, you know, their logic is sound. The vision is, is for the building to be a community asset with two major professional sports franchises at Bank of America Stadium, more events, you know, high school football, this, that, the other. They figured natural grass wasn't a good thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And they switched to turf. It makes sense. But I found it interesting that there was no uproar from anyone or even the Players Association. The Players Association made a big deal about adding the 17th game. Which is worse? I don't know. Is it would I rather play 16 games on natural grass from a health perspective or play, uh, sorry, play 17 games on natural grass mm -hmm. or play 16 on turf? Now, of course, it's only half of the games, right? It's eight on turf. The other may already be on turf because only eight of the games are at home for the Panthers. But in general, is it safer to play 17 games on grass or 16 games on turf? And medically, you might say it's 17 games on grass because of the increased ankle and, and ACL tears. I used to tell the fellows, you know, it'd be a little rainy or misty. I said, watch, we won't have any injuries. We'll have a lot of muscle strains, mm -hmm. hamstring, calf muscle strains, but we won't have any the traumatic injuries because your footing isn't there. And it's still shown even though the new sport grass and, and sport turf grass and all these different variations. And last year we had a controversy at Giants Stadium, right? Uh, where uh, 49ers tore their ACL and was there something with the field? And so far they said it wasn't. But it's well known that the current sport grass is better than the old AstroTurf. But it's still not as good as regular grass. There's still increased injuries. So I thought that was interesting that that slid under the radar screen mm -hmm. in terms of what you're fighting over in terms of health and, and so forth. Well, it, uh, um, going in the future too, I mean, even our little kids, most of the things they play on is on the turf now. And we live in San Diego. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, so maybe you just, yeah, it's just the way it's going. Yeah, well, the baseball field is still grass. Yeah. Half the soccer fields are turf now. Turf, yeah. Football sometimes is turf. Yeah, Basketball. but yeah, but you know, at the little kid level, it's probably okay. But as you get bigger yeah. and so and so forth, is is the big deal. But that is still a real concern. So I think that's interesting that didn't really receive a lot of play. Uh, let's talk about something else here. LeBron James. I wrote an article for Outkick. I am not trying to be critical of LeBron James. I am in awe of his talent. But here's what I was pointing out, what LeBron James was saying. And LeBron James was basically saying, and here's the article, and it's on my Twitter timeline. But he was basically saying that coming off his high ankle sprain, that in general, he will never be 100%. And he's 36 now the wear and tear of the league, he's never can return to 100%. It's like a, a car is never brand new again, even if you have a door ding or the tires wear a little bit. And I applaud that he's being honest with that. 
Okay. But Kim, you were played sports and you knew friends. I mean, to me, superstars like LeBron are superstars because they have something special, something special physically, Mm -hmm. but also something special mentally Mm -hmm. to get to that level. And I'm not saying LeBron James is wrong. It's just, he goes the other way. Let's go through some examples. LeBron James says, I'm never going to be hundred percent again off my high ankle sprain. Now I would argue medically. Yeah. I think you'll be hundred percent related to how you were six weeks ago from your high ankle, but yeah, you're not hundred percent. IE if you're saying I'm 21, right. I'm hundred yeah. percent, but athletes that I've dealt with 36 year old, hundred percent, 36 year old, hundred percent. Sure. But most athletes try and deal in the possible, not the impossible. He said, it's impossible for me to hundred percent. Most athletes try to hide any shortcomings. They admit to age, but they say, well, I'm better now because of age. Mm-hmm. Very few take LeBron's tact of being, yeah, I'm not hundred percent, but I'm going to make it work. Maybe he, that's his self-motivation. But think about this, Tiger Woods never said that his back wasn't hundred percent. He admitted to some age and some other training things he had to do. And he went through several back surgeries and a back fusion Mm -hmm. and he won the masters. He's got that. He has the killer instinct that show no weakness, right? That's Mm -hmm. the way he plays it. Michael Jordan was that way. I, you know, had maybe this much contact with Michael back in the day uh, in Chicago was the killer instinct. Even as he got older, he didn't admit to it. Did his game change? Certainly, but never admitted to it. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, you know, doesn't admit to, to anything. Everyone, Pat, even young Patrick Mahomes, like his toe was clearly far from 100% during the Super Bowl and he needed surgery, but all the interviews leading up was, yeah, my foot's fine, my foot's fine. He, he wasn't trying to make a point of saying, my foot is not 100%, but I'm going to make do. Now, I'm not saying that LeBron is doing anything wrong. I'm just saying, and the article, if you read it, was saying that for a superstar of that caliber, most superstars do everything they can to show no weakness. And LeBron actually tells it as it is. So I think it's very interesting that he makes a point of saying, can never turn the clock back and be 100%. But that's just unlike how other athletes do it. Um, so I think that's my the only point uh, that I was trying to make. All right here, um, you don't get Swedish on videos, you don't care, but we always do some video stuff here. And uh, I'm going to give you some follow-up. We're going to close out, unless you have anything else to say on, on the videos here. A follow-up from last week. We talked about this last week, uh, Chris Weidman. Uh, here's the video. Look away if you are squeamish. This was last week. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Tip-fib fracture, obviously. And if you're really squeamish, don't watch the end of this when he tries to stand on it. When he tries to stand on it and obviously collapses down. Yes, it's done now. Um, so the good news is we said at the time that he's going to be fine in the end and return to fight, and he will. So here's the x-ray. He posted this of the rotting of the tibia. It is normal to leave the fibula alone. This chip is okay because it's underneath the skin. I mean, 
to make an incision there, you know, to make the x-ray look better probably is not the right thing to do. I get it looks funny there, but uh, here's the pre-x-ray, right? Transverse tibia and fibula. This is where he kicked the guy's leg. And, uh, and this won't, shouldn't cause pain. It'll, it will resorb. It will resorb. So it's not a perfect looking x-ray, but it's perfectly fine. And we still say that uh, Chris Weidman will return to fight. Uh, Anderson Silva, who in 2013 or 14 did the same thing on Chris Weidman's leg slash knee. He was older, but he returned to fight. Okay, Doc. Okay, Cosmo. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so now the video of the day, this day, we always do video, not football, but... Uh, another. Uh, it's a good result. So you don't have to be squeamish on this one. It's Are a good sure? result. Uh, it probably doesn't look great, but it's a good result. Well, do I want to see it? Uh, maybe not because of it's baseball. So avert your eyes, I guess. Of course, you know, I'll rewind it here. So this is Bryce Harper. Well, if you really look, the concern is, right, it hit him right on the cheekbone, zygomatic arch, and uh, he walked away, and obviously came out of the game, walked away, and he did not have a zygomatic arch fracture. Here's why. Not, no fracture no, at all? No. Unusual, right? But here's it tipped his helmet first. Yes. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Having had a zygomatic fracture before. Oh, yes, you did. Mm. Which, of course, was my fault. But that's a story. We want to tell that story now. No, okay. no you don't want no. to tell that story. Um, you don't want to tell that story of your zygomatic arch fracture. <laughs> so sidelight here. We're at our friend Kevin Robinson's world record BMX height record in New York. So it literally, he was going five-story buildings high in Central Park. And uh, Kim, being friends with his wife, was sitting next to his wife because she was nervous. And um, I ended up helping out Kevin. And he wasn't really getting the height that he needed to set the world record. And he was doing what's called a flare. And by the way, some of this is X Games stuff and so forth from in the background here. And I've got a picture of Kevin somewhere in this room here and his world height record. Chef Fedori is the dog. Dog's going in bananas. Um, but a flare, which was a flip, and he decided he's not going to do a flare anymore to get more height. Mm -hmm. Well, when you do a flare, you come off, and the danger point off the ramp is to the side. When you don't do a flare, the danger point is in a different spot. And we never moved the wives or the crowd because we were in the middle of the thing. And uh, unfortunately, the bike came careening, shooting off on, on one of the failed attempts. Like and, his that baseball. Yes, and hit Kim. The bike in hit the face. me in the face. Okay. And uh, it, was, it was like July 4th because uh, Kim was wearing a pretty blue dress. Her skin is relatively white in color and there was a lot of red <laughs> a lot of blood, a lot of blood. 
I and whatever. And of course, the irony of all ironies was that where was the medical bag? It was under the ramp. Okay. So before the thing started, I said, I'm tending to Kevin. Here's a medical bag. Put it somewhere safe. Bring it to me if I need it. So Kim's the one that now needs attention with the trailer. Where's the medical bag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're under the ramp. Oh, where? <laughs> you were the medical bag bringer in yeah. and it didn't happen. Anyways, uh, so with Bryce Harper, the reason why I think he was okay is that it does just nick the helmet. helmet. Takes the speed off. It takes a little bit of the speed off and then is more of a glancing blow. You see, it doesn't get redirected it, backwards until he hits his arm. So it nicks the helmet, skids off his cheekbone, and then hits his arm before it starts going backwards. If that ball goes backwards because it hit his cheek, I guarantee you that's a zygomatic arch fracture. But it's about angles, and he turned out to be okay. So that's certainly a good thing there. That's why I keep showing it there, because he is fine. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's it for the Pro Football Doc Podcast. Mother's Day, this coming Sunday. Everyone has noticed now in time. And, well, I mean, I'll try and get something else in addition to today's Mother's Day present. Invaluable. Oh, boy. I might recommend it. You might recommend a, a, another gift. Yeah. I'll have the kids come pick something up. Uh, and, and they'll make a card. Uh, all right, ah. you got you got a whole nother year away from us while we do this Abbott and Costello routine mm -hmm. daily at home. And Thanks. we can do it more often. You want me to enlighten everyone? Sometimes I snap in Twitter and enlighten people. Well, Periscope's dead now, so we have to figure out oh. Twitter Live or something else different to yeah. uh, to make that happen. All right. Thanks Happy for Mother's Day. Thanks for watching Mother's Day edition of the Pro Football Doc Podcast. Thanks for coming on, and I'll pay you uh, uh, for this appearance. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Finish your no. what, are, what are you trying to say? Well, I mean, half my salary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am taking it. I have, I have earned it, can, my friend. Can earned we stop it. at half? No, just kidding. <laughs> Careful. All right. Uh, thanks for watching Pro Football Doc Podcast.